you know, especially any of us who are in midlife, we, we've had enough experiences to know I can really only change myself. So we've got to go inward. We've got to sort of look at how am I showing up? Is that working for me? Is it working against me? Meaning, am I an overgiver? Am I imbalancing the relationship because I want that person to stay so much that I'm overgiving and then resentful over time? Hey, midlifers, welcome to the Midlife Makeover Show. Are you ready to break free from your mundane midlife? Are you feeling trapped in a vicious cycle of rinse and repeat days? No matter if you're experiencing a divorce hangover, job burnout, or you just have the midlife blues, I got you. Hey, I'm Wendy, your hostess of the Midlife Mostess. I too was hit by midlife like a freight train. I too felt stuck in the same dull chapter. I wanted the clarity of how to create a new life beyond divorce and the courage to leave an unfulfilling career. But I kept telling myself that I wasn't worthy and it was just easier to stay in my comfort zone until I found a little secret, the freedom to live my life my way. In this podcast, you will learn how to achieve a vibrant midlife mind and body, how to create solid relationships through love and loss, and how to create an awesome second half of life. Grab your grande latte, pop in your earbuds, and let's get this midlife party started. Happy New Year, everyone. Woohoo! Welcome to 2023. Let's make 2023 an awesome year. Notice how I didn't say let's wish or dream or hope for an awesome year. Those words are all fine and fluffy, but wishing and dreaming and hoping only go so far. You have to make it an awesome year. You have to take action and be proactive in creating happy and healthy days, weeks, months, and years in your life. Now is the time. You know what? Let's make this the year of the what ifs. What if you did all those things you talked about doing so you could live your best life? What if you lost those extra pounds that have been weighing you down? What if you finally took that dream trip to Greece? What if you quit your soul-sucking job and started your own business? What if you started eating healthier so you could feel better, sleep better, and live longer? What if you stopped watching Netflix and started meditation instead? What if, what if, what if? Think about the person you would become if you conquered all your what ifs. I obviously don't know your what ifs, but I have a strong feeling if you slayed your what ifs that you would become happier, healthier, more energetic, vibrant, peaceful, and a loving human being. You would become who your soul has been wanting you to become. Achieving your what ifs means you pushed aside all your excuses, your limiting beliefs, and your bullshit. (laughs) It's just like when you play the card game bullshit. When someone lays a card face down, they have to name the card. If you think they laid down a different card than what they said, then you can call bullshit. You have to say it just like that. Bullshit. (laughs) Well, I recommend calling bullshit on yourself. When your limiting beliefs creep in, and they most definitely will, and you hear yourself saying things like, I can't get up early and go to the gym, or I need to hang on to this soul-sucking job because it's too much trouble to start doing what I truly love, then you need to immediately call bullshit on those excuses. Take some time today and think about your what ifs. 
Better yet, write them down and make them official. Take out a piece of paper and write on the top in big capital letters, what if. Write whatever comes to your mind. What if I lost weight? What if I finally got out of this unhealthy relationship? What if I did yoga every day? What if you made this your best year ever? You can make it happen. I know you can. If not, I'm calling bullshit on you. (laughs) To help make this your best year ever, we have an amazing guest today that will teach us how to create solid boundaries in your relationships and how to rebuild your life after divorce. Just think of those two what-ifs alone and how they would change your life. What if you created solid boundaries in your relationships? What if you rebuilt your life after divorce? For me personally, those two what-ifs made all the difference in my life and my well-being. I hope they do for you as well. Today's guest is Joanna Lynn. She has 20 years expertise in resolving inherited family patterns and is the founder of the Family Imprint Institute with an international private practice. Joanna is a systemic therapist offering resolutions from long-standing issues to participants in online classes with a focus on dismantling family patterns, restoring relationships, and cultivating resilient boundaries. Enjoy the show. Joanna Lynn, welcome to the Midlife Makeover Show. I am so happy to have you on here, and I'm happy to talk about rebuilding your life after divorce and then some, because as you know, there's a lot involved with that. (laughs) It can be a process. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So tell everyone a little bit about what you do and most importantly, why you do what you do. Yeah. Uh, So I created an institute called the Family Imprint Institute. Mm -hmm. The idea is that none of us get to be the way we are by accident. And to be honest, I'm a bit of a geek. I like to nerd out on the epigenetics research and this idea that we are so imprinted with the experiences of our parents and our grandparents, more of what's unresolved for them, actually. Mm -hmm. And so how we might navigate separation, this idea of trusting love again, really trusting our ourselves again is so much about what's in our family history and our own early life experiences. Yeah. Yeah. That is so true. It's funny. Um, I was just saying yesterday to someone about like, sometimes we have to go back and we have to figure out where did I get this belief from? Where did I, where did this thought come from? And sometimes, you know, we can pinpoint it. Oh my gosh, I heard that from my mom. I heard that from my brother or whoever it is, but you know what? They were also doing the best could with what they were taught. But sometimes I do think it helps you to go into the past. So that helps you move forward in your future. Yeah. The more we can understand that context, the less we get stuck by it or or hooked by it. Right. Call it from what it is. Yeah. And, you know, um, I think I was telling you before we hit record, I was reviewing a lot of your info and looking on your website and it's amazing all the things that you do. And it's so, all of it is so important in rebuilding your life. And this is something that I've had to do. I went through divorce twice. (laughs) 
And the first divorce, after the first divorce, I didn't really pay attention to, okay, what do I need to work on in myself? And where did this come? Even though I've been doing therapy and reading self-help books, probably since I was a teenager, but I didn't like really think, all right, how can I make this next relationship better for me? And how can I make this work? What is, and really pointing the finger back to myself, not in a uh, shameful guilty way, but like, all right, there's, there's some things that I can improve on in myself. Um, so I, I do think that is so important. Um, no matter where you are, like whether divorce or not, right. I, a lot of us are always really rebuilding our lives and improving our relationships. So, so what do you think is really important for someone in, and they're starting their life again, maybe they've, they're going through separation, going through divorce. What what could they really do to, to start anew? I think, you know, especially any of us who are in midlife, we, we've yes. had enough experiences to know I can really only change myself. Right. So we've got to go inward. We've got to sort of look at how am I showing up? Is that working for me? Is it working against me? Meaning, am I an overgiver? Am I imbalancing the relationship because I want that person to stay so much that I'm overgiving and then resentful over time? Right. And so this idea of our love blueprint, I teach a lot about that. You know, what's my background and how does that influence how I show up and even how I love and how I parent? And so really understanding what do I bring to the table, a big part of what I support my clients with is, okay, all these things you've complained about your ex or your current partner, let's look at how many of those adjectives match how you would describe one of your parents. And it's typically the one you've got the most friction with. Ah. And so, yeah, it's almost like what's really entangled finds another way to play out again. It's sort yeah. of we're getting served up. How do you want to deal with it this time? And so the right. wisest way to look at it is mm-hmm. how do I heal this once and for all so that I don't bring it into my next relationship so I can drop that bag of resentment that we can just live mm-hmm. a little more with a little more lightness and joy. Yeah. I was trying to think of the name of the author. Um, it starts with an H. Is it Hicks or something like where they talk about um, the the partner that you find is that parent that you were needing something from and you were wanting that from that partner. And then if you don't get that, then it's like, you're feeling, you're feeling like this little child all over again. Yeah. And of course more conflict. Oh yeah. Because it's almost like we're trying to pull that partner forward. You know, we're grabbing them by the lapels, so to speak, you got to give me what I need. But yeah. really, it didn't start with them. That that's not really the origin of the of the hurt of the longing, and it can really be pretty uh, carry a lot of weight for even a good mm-hmm. relationship. We're trying to pull out our unmet needs, and it actually isn't the responsibility of the relationship. That's right. on us. Right. Yeah, I think it's so important too to take time after your relationship, your after your divorce, because it's so. <laughs> A lot of people will go, woo, on to the next one. And all you're doing that baggage on with you. And then 
that baggage, as you know, inside that suitcase, if you will, to use that analogy, what's inside that suitcase is probably what you had back in childhood. You've been carrying around for decades at this point, and then you've picked up more stuff along the way and more within that marriage and through the divorce. And here you are going on into the next relationship with this huge, heavy suitcase <laughs> filled oh. of things that just are not good for you, not good for the partner and not good for the relationship. Right. So I, I think it's so important. That's one thing I did not do the first time around is I didn't take time out for myself. And really that's what it is. It's, it is for the relationship, your future relationship, but it is for yourself and your own well-being. That second time around, I was like, dang it, I'm taking some time off. And I'm not, my goal is not to find that next partner. My goal is to find me really. Yeah. Yeah. And to empty out that damn suitcase. (laughs) You got it. We got to have that reflection time. We've got to look at what is a deal breaker to me? What is meaningful to me? We've got to look at all the components. And I think what can trip us up is if we've got that piece that we just don't want to be alone. We've got some of that abandonment hurt. And so like anybody laying beside me is better than nobody there. But we've all been, I think, in complicated relationships to know that's not true. Yeah. You know, we're best with the right person. And there's been all kinds of studies done, actually, Wendy, mm-hmm. about the person we pick to travel this life with is the difference between a mediocre life and a life that really excels. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta so find true. That right yeah. Person. Between ordinary and extraordinary. Mm-hmm. And and I and I've thought more about that too, and just in my own personal life, that I think it's like that you should be with someone that you each make each other a better person. And because of that, you create a better life for each other. Yeah. And so, yeah, go ahead. I'm just going to say that's easier said than done. What I've found is so nice and fluffy. That's right. It's like a headline. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But we end up falling in love with the familiar, not Mm -hmm. even what's even on our list of what we think we want, or we fall in love with those damn patterns that you feel so like home and why do we think that is? And so it's not that I would say run away from that person who feels so good to be around, but notice what feels like home. What's that sort of like comfy sweater you're getting into to Uh look at how do I go into this eyes wide open so that I'm really sure I'm not falling back into old patterns. Right. One of my favorite quotes, uh, a comfort zone is a beautiful place, but nothing ever grows there. Yeah. Yeah. So in order for yourself to grow, in order for the relationship to grow, in order for your life to grow, you got to get a little uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. We got to look at it. Yeah. So where do you start? Like you've got this big suitcase of baggage, all this stuff in it. Where do you even start to unpack that? Yeah. The unpacking begins with when I start working with a client is a three generation geneogram, but any of your listeners could do this at home. And so it's beginning to look at where did love stop flowing? Where did things get tangled up? Where are there maybe unspoken hurts or a conversation we have in our head over and over again, but just don't really bring forward what needs to maybe some cleaning up. And so a lot of the times I'll ask my client to describe their mom. I want to know, is your body memory of her 
she's warm and loving or she's mm. more cold and critical. So even just shorthand it with just adjectives. How yeah. do you really feel in the oddest moments about your mom and dad? And what did your mom feel about her parents? Yeah. So notice yeah. it's not how you feel about your grandparents, but we're trying to look at that parental flow and where it might've gotten all tangled up. That's where mm. you really start to unpack that suitcase. Yeah, that is, uh, and that's tough to do. Right. I think a lot of times we we don't want to look at that because it can bring up even more. Definitely. It's connected yeah. to a lot of our own vulnerabilities and the things a lot of us, let's face it, shy away from really turning towards. Right. So as you look back and you kind of realize some of these things that you might think or say or do, some of your behaviors, your actions are all related to that, mm-hmm. then what? I think one of my favorite exercises for the then what is to to really look at that relationship. So maybe it's one you're now filled with frustration or it's an ex that you're doing that reflection from, you're trying to recover from. Mm -hmm. So write down a list of adjectives. What what did you feel in the relationship? What do you feel about that person? Mm -hmm. And then you do the same thing for mom and dad. And Mm -hmm. the third piece is looking at, what connects? Let's connect the dots. Oh, I don't feel, I don't feel heard. This person's not making time for me. Oh, well, my parents were never around. I was a latchkey kid. And so the whole idea is getting to the root cause, getting to the origin. And then I think we start to look at how do I, now the the 40, 50 year old woman that wants Mm -hmm. to have healthy love, how do I heal this piece of, I felt like the last thing that was important to my parents And it's never about having a conversation with them. The Mm. resolution is inside of us. I think sometimes we think if I just lay it out on the table, it'll all clear itself up. Mm, No, not so much. Yeah. Well, because a lot of times the person on the other end is not open and willing to receive or to heal that themselves because you open a wound for them. Exactly. He might even hold the historical event completely differently. And Mm -hmm. so it's not about convincing them. No, 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 you did hurt me. Mm -hmm. It's about resolving it for yourself. Right. So how do we do that? That's another very reasonable question. And I think that's where the bringing in three generations makes a lot of sense, because maybe it is true. My mom was critical. My mom was um, a bully. My mom made me feel about this big. Well, that's not about forgiving mom. That, that That's pretty mm. hard to work with. Right. But right. you can look at how did mom grow up? Oh, mm. everything she did was criticized. Um, whatever happened, mom was bullied, whatever the context was. Mm. But we start to go, oh, that makes sense. Gosh, mm-hmm. mom never healed any of these parts. All she did was bring her hurt into our relationship. Right. We got to step out of taking it personal. Yeah. Yes, you are so right. So, and I guess then making that connection, and then you you take it all the way back, right? You're connecting the dots, looking yeah. backwards, and then then you go back to yourself. This dot right here, yeah. and. I guess then, right? You're asking, is this really true? Is this what I think and what I feel and what I believe? And I think a big part to bring it into life is to start to recognize it sounds so weird, Wendy, but we all do it. Yeah. It's like what we blame our parent for 
we end up doing to ourselves. So we didn't feel important to our parents. It's like Mm -hmm. self-care is something we read about, but we never actually make time to do it. And so we end up, you know, shortchanging ourselves or not prioritizing that place of refilling our cup. And so a lot of it is, okay, what can I do to care for myself in the way I really wished I would have been cared for? Mm. We just start to live that way. We start to bring into action that the healing movements, and then we don't need as much in our loving relationships. Because honestly, that, that needy part is sort of demanding this partner fill the empty spaces left over from our childhood. And that'll put a weight on any relationship. Right. Exactly. I have found that, you know, one of the, one of my goals was to, after my divorce was to really fall in love with myself, to yeah. love myself unconditionally. And I never had, you know, I mean, it, it, again, even after all the therapy and the self-help books yeah. and everything, I truly didn't love myself because I had all these things that were piled on top of me. And I just was like, yeah. always feeling always giving myself a hard time criticizing myself. Yeah. And so I, you were so right though. Like once you really unpack all of that and fall in love with who you are and love yourself unconditionally, it takes the pressure off of finding that perfect partner. And then when you do find that partner, you're not constantly like, I need for you to do this to make up for what I don't have or or et cetera, et cetera. Right. Exactly. We've got to completely abolish that. You complete me idea. Yeah. You know, exactly. And instead we're never going to understand that. Yeah. Oh, it makes me cringe. And we got to kind of be our own. I don't know, like ice cream sundae with the sprinkles on top. And if the person comes in, well, they maybe are a cherry to add to that. But what you think of me it's like I'm strong and solid and steady in myself. And what you think of me just adds to that. I don't need it like oxygen. Yes. Yeah. I've always thought that too. It's like, I'm the frosting on my own cake and then yeah. you're, you're the sprinkles. That's you can it. live without the sprinkles, right? That's like it. it's nice. It's nice to have those little colored sprinkles on the cupcake, but I could do without if I had to, and I'd still be That's good and it. yummy, you know? Totally. 100%. Now on the same lines, when you think about it though, once you do your, you love yourself, you're good with your partner, right? You're not needing as much. That doesn't necessarily mean that they can just walk all over you. Be like, sometimes we let go of too much and we forgive too much. Oh, well, you know, you, like this person's treating you like crap. That doesn't make it okay. Like, oh, well, I still love myself so much. Right. <laughs> so leading into the topic of boundaries, which I think is so critical because if you love yourself, you have respect for yourself and you set those boundaries, right? Not just in your intimate relationships, but all of your relationships. So let's talk about boundaries. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we can talk about relationships without boundaries. I know. Boundaries yes. Hand exactly. in hand. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, And so that is true. This idea of I'm okay with myself and all is well. And the truth is that I think expands out to having this idea of a boundary around us. And so I'll often give the visual of, you know, pretend you're inside a hula hoop. And so it's you that expands out past that space. Mm -hmm. And I like to invite people to consider how can you stay in when that other person might say what they say and or 
do whatever they're doing that might be a trigger so that you don't kind of lose yourself in that. You're you're worried about, or not even worried, you're noticing, you're self-regulating, you're dropping into your body Mm -hmm. to consider how you want to respond. So this Mm -hmm. idea of that's not okay with me, this doesn't feel friendly to me, you're able to stay a little more factual and neutral instead of going into reaction that way. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think too, I was just thinking about this. Um, maybe this is because it's popped up recently in my own life. Um, <laughs> con- consistent boundaries, right? I think we have a tendency, like I hold this boundary really, really strong with a permanent marker with my friends, yeah. but I don't do that with my mom or my dad or my grown adult children or yeah. my intimate partner. I mean, I think it's so important. Like, this is what you think, and this is what you believe, and this is your boundary. You that stays true no matter who or where you are in your life. Yeah, it's like what you mm-hmm. said made me think of different color coding for boundaries with different yes. people, and yes. it's just easier to have one solid color, you know. Yep. That. I think our body ends up trusting us more when they can count on us to hold the boundary, even when it's with our mom, even when it's yeah. with our spouse. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes they're not going to like your boundary. Most of the time they don't. Most of the time <laughs> they don't. And especially, I think if, yeah. especially if it's changed, especially if you think, oh, I'm yeah. resentful, I'm exhausted, <clears throat> this has to change. Yep. And so you're renegotiating a little bit with those yes. key people in your life. Yeah. It changes the relationship and they're like, whoa, wait a minute. And just like kind of going back to the comfy thing, they were comfortable with where you used to be. Yeah. And so you're changing their comfort zone. Totally. And I think it might be an important conversation to say, this does need to be renegotiated. You know, I love you and I want to be sure this relationship stays good. And I notice I've been doing too much or saying yes too often everywhere in my life. Yeah. And so Mm -hmm. to protect our relationship, I'm going to have to back out from that commitment. Yeah. And so having these kind of honest, courageous conversations so that we're matching how we're feeling on the inside with what we're actually saying to the person. That's what really keeps our relationships clean and resentment free. And you're being true, honest, authentic, true to yourself. And actually, I mean, even though at first it might throw somebody off, eventually they show a lot more respect for you because you're like, well, you know, like she's telling me what, what she needs and what she wants. And if they don't like that, you end up, you have to be okay with that too. That's it. And I think it's all in how we do it. So if we hold that boundary, when we're like, no, you're asking too much and we're being super, you know, reactive versus getting in front of it and saying, you know, as much as I love you, or I know I said I would help you with this, I'm realizing I've overcommitted and I've got to pull back a few things. Right. I mean this because you're so important to me and I don't want to build resentment. Right. And so if you can have a calm sort of educating conversation versus a reaction that really helps hugely in. Yeah. And speaking of too, I mean, I want to point out just even how you said that that's all you have to say too. I, I, I find that uh, in myself included sometimes, or at least what I used to do when I felt like I needed to state my boundary, I had to be like, Hey, you listen here, (laughs) kind of freak out and be (laughs) like, this is a, you know, but you don't have to actually, I find it more respectful when, even if someone has told me something like, <clears throat> excuse me, 
if someone's like, hey, you know what, Wendy, this is what I think. And oh, okay. Exactly. Because if someone is freaking out or they're yelling, then you don't really hear them. And then you don't really take them seriously. Like, ah, you're just (laughs) Just a bad day. I caught them in a wrong time. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I think with boundaries, it's about making yourself a priority. It is. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, that's really what it is. Honoring yeah. yourself enough to recognize, you know, this is how much energy I have in any given day. And I right. have to leave some left over for me. Mm-hmm. So really, I mean, I think about the the boundaries and the baggage. <laughs> it's all tied together. That it is. Hand in hand. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all possible too. I, I did a show yesterday on Instagram and we were talking about neuroscience and neuroplasticity and, and how it can't, you can change those patterns, even if it's something that's been going on for 40, 50 years. And then you add in your mom and the grandmother and the fathers, and it's all possible to break the cycle and break the patterns. It takes time. Right. It's not something that's done overnight. So you really have to be patient with the process and patient with yourself. And I think a whole lot of compassion in there too. And so as you shared that, it's almost like those of us who have a rough time with boundaries typically Mm -hmm. grew up, you know, taking care of a sad mom or an addicted dad. And so even our nervous system Mm -hmm. learned to go outside of ourself, tune in, what does the other person need? Or how do I not make an explosive dad angry? So I walk on eggshells. Yes, And of course we bring that into our adult relationships and we start to come from that imprint or that blueprint. And so how can I be compassionate with myself? Okay, that's where it came from, but this doesn't feel good. It's not sustainable. It's ruining my current relationships. And how am I going to go about it differently? And we do create new neural pathways. Our brain is so changeable. That's the good news. Yes. Thank God. Right. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, actually, I don't even think it was that long ago. Right. That they, they used to think that once a neural pathway was set, like that's it. That's but it? thank God, like you can change that or we would just be doomed. But right. <laughs> it's not like we're a book that was written and it's done. It's all yes. so changeable. Yeah, so true. I love that. Yeah. I mean, you're rewriting a new story, a new chapter and a new you. Yeah. And I think we got to take enough time to drop into that reflection. What works for me? What doesn't? What friends even replenish me? Which ones deplete me? So that we trust ourselves more. We're building that innate trust in ourselves. Yeah. I've always said, even with my own life, I had to deconstruct my old life so that I can reconstruct a new life. That's well said. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you do, you lose, you lose relationships, but that's the thing though. They were that old you that was in those relationships. And then as you create a new, your new self and you fall in love with yourself. Yeah. But, but it's so worth it. It is. It is. I think it's only healthy maybe every couple of years to take an inventory of your friendship. I think think it's time for me again. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) it's time for a new deconstruction. There we go. But yeah, I I do think it's so smart, right? To kind of take a look around at your life, but what is working for me? What is serving for me? What is not? Yeah. And well, I actually, um, I think it was Monday. Oh, it's 
such a blur. Um, Monday's podcast episode was about the statue of David. And remember how Michelangelo said, I saw an angel in the marble and I carved until I set him free. Yes. Yeah. And it is about kind of seeing that true you, your true essence, that true angel that's within you. And you chip away at the stuff that is not you. Yes. Even if it's something that you've adopted from decades ago, from something somebody said. I even had, and you know, um, Parents, yes, of course, and family, that's huge part of our, I think they even say too, like up until you're eight years old, like that's when it's really, (laughs) things really set into your brain, but even teachers, society, friends, I mean, I can still, I'm sure we all do. There are things that people have said to us that have really like stuck with us. And I had a teacher, I was an English teacher. She said, I think I had to give, I had to give a presentation in front of class. And I, I don't even think I got two sentences out. And she said, Wendy, get on with it. And, and like, it's basically, she's like, you're talking too much or you're, and that stuck with me for so long. And I remember when I started this show, I had to work on that. I was like, her for saying that to me because really? I thought I talk too much. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm starting my own show. I know. And it's such an asset. You know, I can remember every report card I ever had, Joanna talks too much. And I think, well, I do that for a living now and it's working out pretty well. You know? So what's seen as a something that pulls us down is often yes. just part of who we are. Yes. And so teachers can have a lot of impact around our own self-confidence and Your that self-image friend. we're building. Yeah. So sometimes it is even other relationships that have mm-hmm. set those limiting beliefs within ourselves. That's it. And of course, even our culture too. That's our yeah. first system that we come from. And True. so that's what's been really cool working internationally to see yeah. people from different cultures and how family is held differently. You know, we all come from a mom and a dad, but right. it's different depending on what culture you stem from. It's fascinating. Yes, that is so true. I was just in Spain uh, last week and it's interesting, the the different energy, the yeah. vibe, the the way they interact with one another. So different yes. than here in Chicago. Yes, it <laughs> Absolute is. opposite. Uh-huh. Well, I'm in Mexico now, as we talked about before we started recording, and family is the center for everything. Yeah. And it's so unique to see. Um, yeah. it's just a it's just a different way. And so our ideas of what we could do and what we could break away from are very different than North America would mm-hmm. would have lead us to believe. Yeah. And that's um something important too. If you're with a partner that was raised in a different culture. Yes. Big time. And it yeah. often doesn't come up until we start raising kids together. And yeah. now the conflict of how will parenting go and what are the expectations? And mm-hmm. yeah. Wow. Through. So fascinating. Mm-hmm. Interesting creatures we are. Absolutely. Endlessly. Why can't we just be squirrels, you know? <laughs> what so would be the fun easier. in that? <laughs> we'll just play. And... That's right. Oh my gosh. So are you able to work with people internationally or how does that work? Yes. Yeah. So I've been working online even before it became a normal thing. Nice. Um, because I think, 
Yeah, it's just, it's a very different style of working with our challenges. It's not like talk therapy, but we're really getting to the root cause of why any of us are stuck and what we do with those painful pieces, especially when we're rebuilding our life, moving through a separation, trying to help a child in distress. We don't want to just talk about it for, you know, weeks or months on end. It's really like, what do I do and how do I make a change? Yeah. Yeah. That is so important. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot, a lot that has to get unpacked, huh? Mm. And I'm sure as you unpack things and you're helping your clients unpack things, more things come up. Well, they're all interconnected. And so what's great Mm. about this is if we've got, if we can expose the core issue, we're just working on that. And then it's like a domino effect of all of the benefits that sort of show up in your life. So it doesn't have to take too, too long. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I love that. Because I think too, it's so important to work with someone because you try to do it on your own. I think you do get stuck in like a little bit of a vicious cycle with it. So it's 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 our own perspective. So we can't get stuck in our own little labyrinth of, yeah, Yeah. the way it's always been. Mm. Exactly. So where can we find you? Yeah. So you can find me on my website, which is my name, www.joannalynn.ca. And if you want to learn a little bit more about the Family Imprint Institute, I do a training once a year for those who are fascinated by the topic, or maybe you're a clinician and wants to bring this into your practice. So there's a little tab about that as well. Nice. I love it. You are so awesome. This is a great convo. Oh, I love chatting with you, Wendy. (laughs) I always have so many good stories to share of my own, right? <laughs> it's great. Well, I think any of us get into this kind of work because of our own history. And exactly. Reason, so. I know. That is one common thread I have found with all of my guests. It's like everyone, every single person has been like, well, I went through this. So therefore now I teach it. That's exactly it. Yes. I have my own yeah. divorce in my history and yeah. it just gives me more empathy for how freaking painful it is. Yeah, we're we're little guinea pigs out here. That's right. <laughs> so I was doing market research. I don't know what's with the, all the animal guinea pigs, squirrels, you know. That's it. <laughs> little critters. <laughs> Thank you so much, Joanna. You were awesome. It was great to spend time with you, Wendy. Thank you. Thank you. And now for the nuggets of midlife wisdom from today's show. Number one, you can only change yourself. You must go within and ask yourself, how am I showing up? Number two, the person we pick in life can be the difference of a mediocre life and a life that really excels. Number three, we sometimes fall in love with the familiar, our old patterns, and our comfort zone. Number four, unpack the suitcase by asking yourself how you feel about your parents and how your parents feel about their parents. Number five, what we blame our parents for is what we end up doing to ourselves. Number six, have honest, courageous conversations in your relationships. Match what you're feeling on the inside with what you're saying on the outside. Number seven, take inventory of your relationships and decide what is working and not working. Thank you so much, Joanna. I really enjoyed our conversation and it makes me want to get a permanent marker to create even better boundaries in my own life. Make sure you check out her upcoming online classes at joannalynn.ca. I will leave the links in the show notes as well. Happy New Year, everyone. Make this year of slaying your what ifs. Get out there and be bold, be free, be you. 
Did this podcast inspire you, challenge you, trigger you to make a change or spit out your coffee laughing? Good. Then there are three ways you can thank me. Number one, you can leave a written review of this podcast on Apple iTunes. Number two, you can take a screenshot of the episode and share it on the social media and tag me, Wendy Valentine. Number three, share it with another midlifer that needs a makeover. You know who I'm talking about. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Get out there and be bold, be free, be you.